97.5. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Which quarterbacks have the most approved in 23? 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Patrick, you're in the high with the Killer Bees. What's going on, Patrick? Hey, guys. Uh, I say the quarterback that has the most approved as a Saints fan is definitely Derek Carr. Always spent the, his career basically in the middle range of NFL quarterbacks, sometimes higher end, sometimes lower end. He's always said he didn't have any weapons. Struggled last year even though he had Devontae Adams. But now he's going to have a healthy Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, uh, Jawan Johnson. So it's time for him to prove that he is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I'll uh, hang up. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Patrick. What's interesting, Blankers, about Carr, too, is like th- he went to a spot. They're favorites to win the division. Like so, from sucks, a, from but, a, yeah, it does. Yeah, but from a prove it point of view, like okay, well, how does Carr prove it? He proves it by just frankly winning a poor division. And I, I think that that shows that you know the NFL world, people who pay attention to the NFL, that Derek Carr's solid. Like I don't, I don't know if it says more than that about Derek Carr other than he's solid. But if he leads a team to the playoffs, a second team to the playoffs, which he did in Vegas, his second to last year, you go to the Saints, you do it in your first year. I, I think that we kind of elevate what we think of Derek Carr because. Like, where would you put Carr just last five years in terms of, like, one through 32 starting quarterbacks? Because he's kind of my my middle-line quarterback every single year. To me, he's, he's what you middle said about of the Kirk pack Cousins. Every single year. No, I think he's I, – I, see, I don't have Carr as high as Cousins. I, I think Cousins is, is significantly better than Carr. I, I think he's definitely never in the top 10, but I think that he's definitely normally in the 10 to 15 range. I think that – some of it he had no control over in terms of what happened with the Raiders and if they, you know, and how they hired a guy that doesn't look like he can be an offensive mind like he was in New England and McDaniel's, all those different things. But I believe that he's not. I think he's better than half the league for sure. I think that he's a guy that can be in that ten to fifteen range. I think to your point as it relates to this season, it's a bad division and there's weapons for him to use. He's got enough to work with to where. He can basically just get the ball to other players and get out of the way, even if it's short passes, and, and and he just basically stays within himself. There's enough guys that can make plays that can turn a screen pass into a, a you know a, a, a big gainer or a touchdown. And I think that he can really kind of res- he's, he could resurrect what he ne- thinks never was a fallback. But a lot of people have said he's always he had he caught lightning in a bottle here or there. But was he ever that kind of guy? Uh-huh. This setting for him could be perfect. What's just kind of crazy about Carr too, and why I think it's a good answer here, like most the quarterback with the most to prove, he got he got kicked out of town for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, like this isn't a situation where they drafted a quarterback with the number one overall pick. He got kicked out of Vegas. I think he got for Jimmy Garoppolo because he was the guy that was saying, you know, remember he was questioning guys in the locker room and saying, you know, I give it everything every single week, and that's why he was crying. And you know, he wanted more guys to have that kind of passion for the team. And he always said how much he appreciated how they believed in him and brought him in and did the things that they did. And yet they turned their back on him and said, mm-hmm. "We're good." It was. It wasn't a good fit with McDaniel's. McDaniel's uh-huh. wanted his guy in Garoppolo, but I would take Carr over Garoppolo. But you know, can Carr lead the Saints, you know a favorite in the division, to the playoffs? Yeah, he's got a lot to prove. The other thing is, too, Jeremy, though, for as much as you know, and I just got done saying they've got weapons around him. But are there two greater weapons that could absolutely be the downfall of Carr than Kamara if he has to figure out what he's got left in the tank I after mean, the suspension and Michael Thomas, who you know. 
just everything that's happened over the last several years, and they st- still keep staying loyal to him and keep him on the roster and expect things from him. Yeah. He really hasn't played much in the last two years. I, honestly, I think their best target is Olave. Olave, for sure. I think Olave is better than both of those guys. Uh, they took they had some bad news today, too. Keandre Miller, the rookie from TCU, who's supposed to do Kamara things when Kamara's not on the field. Uh, hamstring injury. I don't know how long it's going to cost him, if it costs him anything. But, I mean, maybe he had better targets with the Raiders, though. Like, Devontae Adams, yeah, I would take Graham? ahead of Olave. Uh, you, you mean Waller, Darren Waller. No, I'm saying you had Jimmy Graham now, but yeah, you had see, Waller then. I don't think Jimmy – I think Jimmy Graham's tied in number three in New Orleans. I think he's behind Jawan Johnson, and honestly, I think he's behind Taysom Hill. I mean, take, the fact that the fact that Jimmy Graham was playing in that game when there were no other starters in that game kind of shows you where he's at in the depth chart. Now, he had a good game. Um, and he's on that roster, but I, I don't think he's one of their top two tight ends. Maybe the backup, and Taysom's kind of the Swiss Army knife and type. And Taysom's a guy that seems like he's he, it's hard to find a niche for him now. Like, he's fallen out of favor there. He has some big games, though. He, he has games where he has nothing burgers, and then he'll have games where he scores two touchdowns running. Or yeah, he throws true. for and one, And I think that they one. finally come to grips with the reality that he's not a quarterback. No, he's definitely not a quarterback. He, he's he's Slash. I mean, he's Cordell yeah. Stewart, but bigger and a tight end. Uh, some of the ones that Vera said, Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is a really good one. Because we've seen two years of Mac Jones. Mac Jones, when he had a real offensive coordinator, went to the playoffs as a rookie on a mediocre roster. And then last year, without an offensive coordinator, with a Matt Patricia calling plays, he was a disaster. Now, the savior is supposed to be Bill O'Brien, which is a hilarious storyline in New England. But I think Mac Jones is a good one. He's giving you one good year, one poor year. Who is Mac Jones? This year's important. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it, it is definitely a make-or-break type year. And you're right. When, when Matt Patricia is your offensive coordinator and he's been on the defensive side of the football basically his whole career, you ask, what is Belichick doing? And then when he's questioning everything Patricia's doing during the year, going, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and there's audio clips of picking up him on the sidelines and otherwise going, you know, why aren't we throwing the football and what are we doing here? I don't know that Bill O'Brien's going to be the sexy offensive guy that's going to be, you know, cutting edge and opening it up and doing all these kinds of things. But he can't be worse than Patricia. But it's definitely where he is, you know, people are watching. And this could be a career-changing year for him one way or the other. I definitely am interested to see what they can do there. Justin Herbert was an interesting one because you really don't say that, like, Justin Herbert has anything to prove. But it sounds reachy. But Justin Herbert's never won a playoff game. He's being paid as one of the you know best quarterbacks in the entire NFL and has never won a playoff game. So maybe Herbert to kind of validate that contract, maybe win a playoff game. Maybe. I mean, but like you know, the same reasons why you're, what you say what you say about Herbert is kind of why I put Trevor Lawrence on there because you can either, either believe in the second half of that game or you could question it because of what happened in the first half of that game. Yeah, he had so, a good regular season, but that playoff did. game was erratic. But so did Herbert. I like Herbert. I, I was shocked I that him. Vera said that because I think, you know, it, I think it's almost unfair to compare anybody to Patrick Mahomes like Vera did. But I do think that now with the contract in, in tow as well, that the expect, expectations definitely get ratcheted up on him. Jalen Hurts, I really don't think belongs. But the one thing that I am watching closely in Philly is the new play caller, Brian Johnson. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that they have a new OC after it worked really well with Stike, and I'm going to be watching that early. I think they overcome it. I don't think it's an issue, but it is one storyline I'm watching with Philly. Uh, and then Dak, yeah, absolutely. I think sure. Dak is always on this list with uh, the you know the, the contract negotiations with Dallas forever. You know, Jones didn't want to pay him at first. Ended up paying him. The gruesome injury. You know, didn't have a very good year last year, and now. Now you move on from Kellen Moore, 
and you have a new play caller in Dallas. And I think it's a bad play caller. I do, too. And from my own personal experience watching him call plays, he either has to have changed drastically and pulled a 180 on the way he used to call plays, or you're taking a massive step back from more, and that's dangerous. And whether you meant to send the message or not, Jura went out and got a quarterback to put behind Dak, didn't talk to him or communicate with him leading up to making the move, and message sent whether it, that turns out to be a good thing, and Dak likes the fact that you know he feels the pressure and knows he's got to perform, and it, it, it motivates him. Or if he turns out to be you know similar to what he's been for the majority of his career, regardless of the money he makes, it could be the beginning of the end in Dallas. And and to, to the one when you brought up, and I was just going to throw in before we got uh, the break, Deshaun to me is a guy that you and I have had these conversations. I really believe the fact that the amount of time that he missed and when he missed it in his career, aside from the off the se- off season, uh, I mean off the floor and off the field. I believe that this has set him back to a level where we may never see him with the kind of abilities that he had when he was in Houston and be able to do the things he did prior to all of the, the controversy. And now at this point in his career where you know every all eyes are watching and the money is there and everybody is watching him, this is a make or break for him. Regardless, he's always going to be a wealthy man now, mm-hmm. but from the standpoint of the rest of his career, this is a big year. I pushed back on you a lot when we had those discussions before he ever came back. He played six games last year, and you have scoreboard, quite frankly, because I thought that you were ridiculous when you were saying that. Through six games last year, you were 100% right. <laughs> you, he like, just, you have scoreboard on me right now after six games. He has to kick it to another gear and show at least signs that he can get back close to where he was. Yeah, I mean, he, he was not good last year. I, now, I do think he's going to be... I mean, it's not. I'm not really put, making a hot take here. I think Deshaun's going to be better than he was last year. It's not a hot take after no. he had to miss so many games. But do you think he's going to be top ten again? I think he's going to be knocking on the door top ten. But we also we we put together our killer B top ten quarterback list. Yeah. Top ten really isn't the top ten. Like what you would consider top ten quarterbacks in the league. I think there's eight of them. I, I don't. I think the drop off after the eighth best quarterback the in this is league. Always, yeah, the it, bubble's a, not great. The bubble's there with interchanging names of like five guys. Yeah. The bubble from eight to nine is significant. Yep. Like the ninth and tenth guy that I, I would put on my top ten that we had in our top tens, I, I don't consider them top ten quarterbacks. I don't think that there's ten top ten quarterbacks. I know that's silly to say. But does that uh, benefit in the NFL? him this year because he could be one of those guys? Probably. As opposed to saying it should solidify him, he should be one of the top eight. Um, I think he's fighting for top 10, not top eight. Yeah. I think he's kind of off that tier, honestly. Uh, Key from L.A. says Matthew Stafford and Fields. We talked about Fields. Of course, Key from L.A. says Stafford. Stafford's done. Stafford's more about injury to me. And then the rest of that roster's not great. Cooper Cup, That's hamstring. We don't know if he's ready in week one. They are the, they are the Miami Marlins of football. They, they completely did everything to win a <laughs> Super Bowl, and, and, and they just basically have accepted their fate that for a five-year window of time with all the draft picks they gave away, too, that they're just not going to be anything. Yeah, yeah, they, they they did naughty things with draft picks. A uh, bunch of Dak Prescotts here. Deshaun Watson has to be on the list, especially with the guaranteed contract. You know, a lot of the things we said about Deshaun, we didn't mention the contract. He's got the biggest contract in football. So, yeah, you got to mention that. Uh, 9868, just name every quarterback, not name Mahomes. That's the truth of it. Like, we can have all of these quarterback conversations and everybody's playing second place. It's Larry Bird walking into the three-point shootout the year that he wanted and said, which of you guys are playing for second place? Pat Mahomes can do that with every single quarterback in the NFL. NFL, who is playing for second place this year? Is it Josh Allen? Is it Jalen Hurts? Is it Joe Burrow? Because I'm one. Anybody can have a good year and be number two. Uh, somebody said Aaron Rodgers with all the hoopla that is around the New York Jets. 
The New York Jets are one of my favorite storylines in the NFL. I could see it being an absolute bust where the New York Jets disappoint because New York Jets always disappoint. But this is one of my favorite storylines. Aaron Rodgers is a storyline, whether he's hated, whether he's liked. They're in the big market. They're the hard knocks team. The New York Jets are going to be fascinating to watch all year, just the storyline that exists being in New York. Yeah, no doubt about it. And as much as I you know, have personal feelings that I'd love to see him crap the bed, uh, <laughs> we talked about this the other day. Hard knocks has resurrected uh, a, a kind of likability for Aaron Rodgers. Now, can you live up to it on the field? Because it really literally, again, is all on his shoulders to do what they haven't been able to do without him. And he's only gonna, he's already said he's only going to be there for two years. Could it only be one if he doesn't do well this year? Maybe, maybe. 713-780-ESPN-HRP listener line. So the Astros are, are skipping Jose Arquini again in the rotation. Is he strictly a bullpen arm now for the Strohs? And also, Strohs can call up uh, two pitchers tomorrow. Or, I'm sorry, only two, only one pitcher. They can call up two players. Rosters expand tomorrow, September 1st. They can call up a pitcher. They can call up two hitters. They can add two players tomorrow. Who's getting the call up to the bigs for the Strohs? tomorrow. It's Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend Doc Linville. Doc Linville, best in the business at the Neograph Procedure. If you don't know what it is, but you're experiencing pattern baldness or just have flat out lost hair on the top of your head or at your hairline, you need to see what the Neograph Procedure is all about. And as an ESPN 97.5 listener, you get a free consultation with Doc Linville and his staff. It normally costs 150 bucks Because you listen to the station, if you go to 975hair.com, you get that consultation for free. You go in with no obligation. You're not on the hook for a thing. They don't expect you to pay a penny out of pocket. Just go in and ask questions. Get answers and see if they can be a game changer for you like they've been for me, for Granado, and many, many others. The fact of the matter is it's your own hair. And genetically, you're never going to lose it on the sides and the back of your head. He takes some of that, puts it where you need it most, whether it be in your hairline where your foreheads become an eight head or that baboon's butt is showing on the back of your head and you don't like the appearance so you're always wearing hats or trying to cover it up with a rug. Now you don't have to. Neograph Procedure here to save the day. Best thing that got me when I was talking to Doc Linville and his staff on my consultation, 95 to 99% of the follicles that are moved stay and grow. They're with you for the long haul. They get stronger and longer. You're not going to lose them because they're coming from a place where you're not going to lose them, the sides in the back of your head. It's phenomenal. I can't tell you enough great things about Doc Linville. I think he's the best in the business at doing it. Check it out for yourself. Go to 975hair. Joe leveled up for a second, but leveled down now. Um, Joe Joe has delivered the honey pepper pimento sandwich to us, which we're going to try. This is the... Uh, this is the what's what, what do you call the will a bit? What is Joe eating? Something I forget the the what S two D two says about this. Do you remember what is Joe eating? I don't think we had an official. I don't name think for yeah. it. So we're gonna how are we how are we doing? We're we gonna wait till five forty five or no, we're gonna man, eat I'm now hungry. and then re, I'm so starving and it's warm. But then we'll review it at five forty five. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna have Between our honey pepper then, pimento yeah. sandwich. Joe Blankers and I will have it during the break. Joe is gonna go away for ten minutes, uh, but then we'll it's review like normal. it. We'll review like the, the honey pepper pimento sandwich. That'll be our will a bit today. Looks like there's so. a whole lot of so in this sandwich. What does that mean? It smells good. What, what, what's going to do that It looks like it to could you? be gassy what's, with the cheese and the peppers. It, does cheese do that? Yes. Does cheese make it gassy? I'm from Wisconsin. I can tell you cheese can do that. That's, that's true. I guess I, should, I guess yes. I should back out of this conversation. That's a great point. Great rebuttal. I mean, that's really Andrew, good. If you're Andrew Carlson or Paul Gallant, you can't even eat cheese. That's right. Paul has that issue too? Yeah. Kills him. It would kill Paul? No. Literally, but I knew that about AC. I, didn't know that about Paul. I don't think they get bubble guts, but there's yeah, AC's definitely spot. at the uh, 
the uh, what was it uh, the, the, the yeah. dairy the dairy issue? Could you could you live without cheese? No, I'd you be being so from Wisconsin, love it. Yeah. I'd be where so do you broken. where do you most like cheese? Pizza. Cheeseburgers, cheeseburgers for me. Pizza. Yeah, that's probably a very popular answer too. Cheeseburgers yeah. and pizza. I bet you. Would Palillo be one too. once told me he liked pizza without the cheese as much. Josh that's, said nachos. That's not great pizza. Answer. Same like, thing. Same thing with a Philly cheesesteak. He doesn't like. He'll Philly accept che- it. I'm like, why what are, are you? What are you doing? If you don't like cheese, you don't eat a Philly cheesesteak. Correct. Like simple as that. If you don't like cheese, you don't eat pizza. Because right. simple as that. Because like, if you don't like cheese, you don't eat a Philly cheesesteak because it's right. a lesser version of the Italian beef. Like Chicago. I'm married to a vegan. Yeah. Lisa will order pizza without cheese, which to me, I, yeah. I'm saying, so I have the exact, I have the exact same conversation. She loves yeah. the crust. And she loves the toppings and the. So it's ma- just like red sauce and veggies. Red sauce and veggies. Mm. I'm like, that's not pizza to me. Yes, yes. I don't know how. I feel how about do you that. like? What do you think? What do you think the pizza places think when they get that order? They're probably they're probably accustomed to it being. Uh, they probably get vegan orders like all the time. Pe- certain pizza places have vegan options, so they're used to it, okay. or they have a vegan cheese now. Yeah, I bet you they're. Which I bet really you they're accustomed cheese. to it because they get. I mean, they get pizzas around the clock there. Um, where's the best Italian beef? I, I have a confession to make. I've never had an Italian beef sandwich. Right. Really? Yeah, I've never had an Italian beef sandwich. I'm really, because I watched The Bear, and now I'm familiar with Italian beef because I watched that show. They're underrated, popular in Milwaukee. Where's the up. Where's the best one in, in Houston? Rosati's and Kingwood. Rosati's and Kingwood? What's your hood? Yeah. Okay. It's, a, it's, like, it's like the pizza place I grew up. It's like the suburban Illinois pizza place, and they open one in Kingwood, and it tastes like home. Pizza, awesome. pizza See, places awesome. have it's underrated It's a very Midwest yeah. thing. The, the Italian... The Italian uh, Beef is definitely a very, very popular sandwich in the Midwest. What yeah. is uh, what is it? Portillos, Portillos, Portillos. Portillos? Yeah. Yeah. How does how is their Italian beef? It's awesome. They have a good Italian it's beef. Incredible. Because there's I, some in Florida. Me, like, I don't get why JJ didn't JJ Watt didn't open one here. There's there's a Portillos in Florida that I drive by all the time. So yeah, they're to, so good. For some reason, they just haven't come down here. But Rosati's is like Rosati's. It's kind of like that. Where like, it's it's almost like Portillos, but they do like the Chicago tavern style. Pizza. Okay, I'm gonna have to give me an Italian beef because I watched that show and now I, I I have to get an Italian beef. Chicago tavern style pizza would that be considered the thin crust? That's the thin thin yeah. crust and squares. Because Keneally's Keneally's it always kind of bills themselves as the the Chicago tavern pizza. Hmm. Keneally's on Shepherd. Okay, sounds good to me. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Jose Arquiti's being bumped again from the rotation. The Astros are moving Justin Verlander up. In the rotation to keep him on normal rest. So Justin Verlander is going to be pitching on Friday. Hunter Brown, because Justin Verlander has to go on normal rest, they're going to give Hunter Brown an extra day of rest, and he's going to pitch on Saturday. And then Sunday is Christian Javier. Christian Javier is pitching on Sunday. So Jose Arquiti is being skipped from the rotation again. And right now it feels like, Blankers, that Jose Arquiti is just your long guy. Jose Arquiti is just your long guy out of the bullpen. He's currently the odd man out. Are you okay? With Jose Arquiti being what seemingly is your long guy at the moment, yeah, I'm fine with it because I th- I think he's really proven he can do it, uh, and I like it. But I'm also not so sold on the fact that he shouldn't still be starting because of the fact that he can do it. I mean, he, he's he's proven he could get out major league hitters again, and, and I'm not so sure where Javier is at this point. And I know that you know they're trying to rest guys, so it's a twofold with the with, with the the lineup the, the rotation that you just set up for me. Because the other thing that I'm not sure that I like so much about all of this, too, is Verlander not getting the extra day. I know that JV's going to JV, but the fact is JV looked like he was on the JV in the playoffs because I thought that he was hell-bent on staying on his five-game, you know, on five days rest. And I don't think that he got the—we saw the best Justin Verlander in the playoffs because of it. 
specifically, especially coming off Tommy John. So that bothers me. But from the Urquidy perspective, for me, he's pro- he's showing right now that he can kind of fall back into where he was. He can get guys out, and I like that. I know he's going to be effective in the long roll, but I don't know that I want to stop seeing him as a starter if he's kind of gaining momentum with every chance he gets to get out there. Kind of feels like a casualty uh, with what the Astros have. They're not fully giving up on uh, on Christian Javier yet, which you can understand because yeah. Christian Javier has like that upside potential. Uh, that you don't, you know, you know, Jose Arquiti, his ceiling's a number four starter in the bigs. Christian Javier's ceiling is a number one, number two starter on some teams. It, it, Javier pitched that way last year. He's not pitched that way this year. I, I have no problem keeping Verlander on his like normal rest and using him as the priority, making him the priority. He's one of your top two starters right now. So whatever gives Justin Verlander the best chance to have success. You look out for Justin Verlander. Plus, you're limiting Hunter Brown's innings by giving him an extra day as a rookie. I think that's fine. Justin Verlander's had 11 shutout innings in a row. Like, Justin Verlander's pitching well. You look at Justin Verlander's career on four days rest, normal rest versus the extra day, he gives up a half run less when he pitches on four days rest versus five days rest. So, it makes sense that they're doing this with Justin Verlander. It makes sense they're pushing everybody back. And look, I like the idea of a hybrid six-man, but now the Astros are going to have every Thursday off for the rest of the season. Having a long guy in the bullpen is helpful. It is. And look, I know that you're the resident numbers guy, and those numbers stack up for J.D. I think I'm the resident fact guy. I don't know about that. But those I, are facts. I think that from the Verlander perspective, to me, the one reason why it's not going to – I would like to think it's not going to be like last year is, is because he missed – time early in the year he hasn't had the taxing type of year or the as taxing year as he did a year ago but I I just have I would like to hit for him to be as fresh as possible though I know that he knows him he's you know he's obviously uh, a scientist when it comes to his pitching so if he wants to stay on the five game for now so be it he's gonna yeah, they, they made it known, though, that it was more Miller's call than Verlander's call whenever they first did this, which is good. Like, you know, get the get that off of Verlander, which is fine. Uh, but it does seem like Arkady right now is your long guy. Maybe they make some changes next week, but at least through this weekend, Arkady's not going to start, and Jose Arkady has not started in a while. Everybody else has gotten two turns in the rotation while Jose Arkady has not started. Uh, the Astros can call up two players tomorrow, Blankers. The September 1st call-up, no longer the 40 guys that you can have up on the roster, the full 40-man. You can only call up two now. Only one can be a pitcher. Right. You can call up two position players, but only one can be a pitcher. You can only carry 14 pitchers maximum. Who who do you think the two players uh, the Astros call up tomorrow? Do you, do you just say Seth Martinez? I think that there's two pitchers that are the options. Because I don't think they're going to start anybody's clock. Like yeah, Some people want Spencer Arigetti. I, I like, they're going to say kind of the sexy name that people w- would otherwise be liking to see. But this is a, a team that's looking for whatever resources they might need to explore going ready for the postseason and stuff like that, too. You're right. I don't think that they're going to start the clock on him. No, I don't think they're going to. I think it's going to be a pitcher that we've seen. I think it's either going to be Martinez or Blanco. The risk with Blanco is that if you have to send him down again, one, then right? you then you have to DFA him. He has to be you know subject to waivers. Now, I don't think they would send him down though. Like I don't think that because the rosters are expanding to twenty eight, I don't envision a scenario where like okay, Blanco, we're going to send you down. So I think it could be Blanco. I think it could be Martinez. It'd be one of the two. I don't really see another option. The, maybe the, maybe a lefty. Maybe Parker Mashinsky. The thing the, the thing is, Seth kind of been your long guy. And, and and eating up innings. Well, Blanco can go longer than Seth. He can. could, but I'm saying, getting back to the Urquidy conversation, Urquidy's going to trump both those guys right now. Yeah. So how much do you need him? I think Blanco's stuff in short, if he can empty the tank and really go at three batters or hopefully three batters in, in one inning, 
I think he might be able to give you more. Yeah, they would be they would be guys after a key. They're they're emergency yeah. only. They're eleven three type of guys. They're they're mop up guys at that point. But so one pitcher, I think that the position player, I could see him going one of two options here as well. One would be Greg Kessinger. I don't I, I don't think, think Jokes is. will be here. There's too many outfielders. It'll either be Greg Kessinger, because you, you kind of need some infield depth. The only infielder you have on your bench right now is Mauricio Dubon. Sometimes you use him in the outfield as well. So Kessinger makes sense on that front. The other one that has I think some traction here is a third catcher. Like if, if Yiner Diaz is going to be primarily a backup, like he's playing two every five days against, you know, he's catching two every two days out of every five. Maybe he plays first base once of every five. Maybe DH is once every five. He's not the primary guy at any single position. DH catcher first base. So if he's a bench player, you go Christian Salazar here, and you aggressively use Yiner Diaz pinch hitting in the sixth in the seventh inning for Martin Maldonado. Caesar salad to me. Is the guy if this is you know going to the playoffs that you see a role you know the the role of even with Maldi if you're going to start pinch pinch hitting for him later in games and you're going to need that third catcher uh, like you mentioned but I think that to me Kessinger was the guy that Dusty kind of liked and then he got sick and and you know maybe he never would have been sent down I think so, so I think you're right yeah so now maybe they say look you didn't deserve to be sent down when you did but it was unfortunate you got sick you know we owe you this one dusty's going to dusty and you know the gut feeling of pawpaw if he likes you he's going to bring you back and i think that it's going to be tricky because if you are truly con- even if you're con- just considering it you've got to get salazar up ready for major league pitching so that whatever scenario faces you, he's ready for it. Ideally, he never plays in the game. But right. if he's your third catcher, and look, again, we, we assume that Yiner's not going to be your primary first baseman. He's not going to be your primary catcher. He's not going to be your primary left field DH or DH guy. He's not going to play left field. So if he's the primary backup at all three of those positions, we know Martin Maldonado is going to catch Fromber. He's going to catch JV. He's going to catch Javier. Maybe not Arquiti because he doesn't seem to be in the rotation. But let's say Javier has a four-inning start where he gets hit hard. You're in a 7-4 game in the fifth inning. Martin Maldonado's coming up with the bases loaded one out. That's a spot where I want Yiner no Diaz. And if you have a third catcher, it's easier to do that. But the other key too, Jeremy, is are you doing this for the regular season or for the playoffs? Because I think you're doing – I think you're Both. doing – I know, but I think that if you're looking at Salazar, then you're priming him for the playoffs. If you're looking for Kessinger – But again, you don't really want Salazar to play. You don't. He's an emergency. But you still got to have him prepped and ready, and that's the other thing. You're in a pennant race. You're going down to the wire with where where this team is, and could Kessinger help you more down the stretch? Yeah, I think though, I think all four of those guys are in play. Uh, from a pitching perspective, they'll definitely bring up a pitcher. Seth Martinez, Blanco. Maybe we're not giving enough credit to Parker Mashinsky. Like maybe they go a lefty because we know Dusty likes his Lucas. I know, I know you feel that way. And then the two offensive players, I think, is Kessinger or Christian Salazar if they go the third catcher route. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. We saw U of H earlier today come out with the Love Ya Coog Blue jerseys. Absolutely love this. What are your three favorite jerseys in college football? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. Apollo Men's Health taking care of all of the issues that you deal with as you get older in life. You don't have as much energy from the boardroom to the weight room to the bedroom. You have setbacks. You can't do what you used to do. You think it's over. You think you can't change fate. You can't get back to where you once were, but you can. All it takes is going to the website, ApolloMH.com. Check out all the services they offer, all the ways they can help. If a few of those things you think might be able to help you, sign up for your first appointment right there online. When you do, you're going to find out most major insurance is accepted. There's discounts for military personnel and first responders. And then let the process go from there. Go in for that appointment. Answer their tough questions. Tell them where you've been lacking. 
Tell them what you're trying to do and the goals you'd like to achieve. They'll put you on a program that works. They'll get you those goals that you set for yourself by getting you results. They're good people. They do great things. And if you mention my name, Joel Blank, you get a free B12 shot on your first visit or a free body composition analysis to help get you on your way to a better, healthier lifestyle. You can lose weight without even going to the gym if you'd like. They have FDA-approved semi-glutide. Could have you losing up to six pounds every week, and you don't even have to hit a treadmill or the weights. Check them out. Here's Joel and Jeremy. U of H came out with uh, great uniforms today. The Love Ya Coog Blue, which look very similar to the Houston Oiler uniforms. But without the oil, Derek, you had the Houston font kind of in the place of that. But the the old Love You Coog Blue Cougars will unveil these jerseys on the field uh, Saturday against UTSA. Limited tickets available, 713-GO-COOGS, uhcougars.com slash tickets. These jerseys are awesome, Blankers. You saw them for the first time during the show. I think that they're awesome. I think that they're great. I think it's paying respect to the... You know, the history of football in this city, which I love that part of it. Also, the publicity that Houston got for this is through the roof. Like, every national Twitter college football account has picked up on this. They all love it, it seems like. The amount of free PR, free buzz you're getting out of this was a stroke of genius, quite frankly. So well played by their marketing department because, you know, you don't have to be from Houston or, or Tennessee to realize that this has been kind of a thing, that a throwback for a team that spent its entire existence as the Oilers in Houston now are getting their throwback uniforms used by the Titans in Tennessee because of pettiness of the Adams family and the longstanding feud that was between the Adams family and the city of Houston. The fact that U of H can get right in the middle of it without really, I don't think, I don't think the Titans are going to be offended at U of A. Uh, I think they're offended. I think they're bothered by this. I don't think they like it. I think they it. should be bothered. There's not nothing offended. they can do. Right. I think they should be bothered, not offended. But I think it's so well played because they parlay off of what's already been going on. They get more attention. They bring attention to themselves. And they realize not only all that, the main thing is badass looking uniforms. Yeah, I love this. I love this. So I'm really, uh, I'm looking forward to Saturday. I already was. But the fact that they have these jerseys, they're really cool. So it poses the question. What are your favorite uniforms in college football? Your three favorite jerseys in the college game? Well, I'm going to start with the Badgers because I've always, I'm always loyal to the Badgers, but I love the fact that when <laughs> Barry Alvarez, they used to have a very generic, just a very, not even a block letter. It just looked like a capital W that was put out by a typewriter. And they call it the Action W, but Barry, uh, Barry Alvarez came in as the athletic director and the head football coach and wanted to kind of spruce it up a little bit. And now the Woodlands uses it, and a lot of people have copied the W. And, and I just love, you know, from growing up to be, and obviously my allegiance is there, but the the, the, the appearance of that helmet and the way that the that uniform looks, I'll always love that and be loyal to that, similar probably to you with the Cougs. Uh, number two for me, I've always really loved the UCLA Bruins because I like the – the kind of shiny, huh. attention-grabbing gold helmet of the Bruins. I love that kind of Carolina Oiler-esque kind of blue. And then with the gold accents and the gold trim. And for a long time, that was one of those you know, eye-catchers of a national prominence. Whenever UCLA played, you knew exactly who it was with the powder blues. And, and I always liked that the way that uniform came across. Um, so those will be my top two. I'm trying to break a couple of ties in terms of my three. I know my wife would get really upset with one of them. Well, you just said UCLA, so I think you won some points there. I did. I won big points. There. You won some points. But I can lose all of them with number three, so I'm going to wait. USC? Yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite three 
are the scarlet home uniforms, the road whites, and then now the love you Coog blue. Oh, so they're all Those are my same. three favorite you knew that was coming, college Joe. uniforms in the game. Those are the best three when by when far. get outside the Home, box, scarlet, road whites, and then now the new love you Coog blue. So here's the thing. I can do this without putting on Homer hats. Okay, Golden Dome. Oh, right, because Notre Dame and, and, and maybe Northwestern. Watch me not pick any of those teams. Okay, let's watch. Uh, number one, I love. It's a different. Or, it's just. It's the perfect orange. I love the orange Tennessee Volunteers jerseys. Ugh, ugh, I the love those. They're not cream. I think Oklahoma State has a better orange. Okay, number two on my the list. The, the Tennessee. They have a good orange too. Canes like the Tennessee orange is kind of like. Uh, like what? It's almost like it's been dried up. Like it's been in the Houston summer. A dreamsicle is that color of orange. I guess number two. I guess the black Oklahoma State jerseys. Are they? Do you like the black on black or the black like on white or uh, black I, on orange? I like the black on orange. See, I'm not a huge black on black guy. Yeah, I, I love it. I don't like the all black uniforms usually. I like black tops with like a different color pant though. And then I love the white LSUs. It's where they wear most of the time. I just think I think they're so good. Like every like they walk out in the field, they're clean, they're crisp. I love the all white LSUs. I'm more of a traditionalist. Like I don't like yeah. the, the new like like Oregon has a different uniform Oregon every single TCU. game. TCU like, like TCU they fun. do all the different yeah. reptile like textured looking. I think it looks good. I think it's fun, but I would never put them on like my favorite jerseys. Like if I'm going favorite jerseys other than U of H, I'm going traditional. Like USC would be on that list. I think Ohio State. I think their jerseys are awesome. And then also you get the Buckeye decal on the helmets when a player does good, which I always love that college tradition. Like I like the throwback so old school or classic though. uniforms. I can't take either one of those because they're in the Big Ten. Yep. See, I, I kind of like Notre Dame's if I'm being completely honest because I high like the traditional uniform. We're Ohio State. I love red and silver and white. I just can't do it because it's Ohio State. But, well, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, SC, UCLA, I mean, those were – See, I and I, I, I like, I love these uniforms because I, I love the baby blue, like I, I like the Ole Miss baby blue uniforms. Carolina. Those are awesome. North Carolina is really good. Um, one of my favorite color combos because it's just it feels like it doesn't make sense, but it works so perfect. When they're wearing the green helmets, Tulane with the baby blue jerseys. So you like the modern mm-hmm. look? Yeah. You like you like the Angry Wave logo that Tulane has. Yeah, I think so. The Angry Waves are a pretty good logo. I'll, yeah. I'll give. I, I, I will just, admit that the Tulane jerseys. It's a cool combo, like that green and like the baby blue. Is yeah, they have cool colors. They have Mardi Gras colors. Yeah, you you like the newer stuff. See, I like the classic look. I really See, do. Like Port Marine says, Alabama. I think Alabama has great classic. You know, Nebraska great. used to be what Alabama is now too. Nebraska had that old school, but they were always national prominence. Nebraska and Penn State were that almost overly simplified uniform that was like old, old, old school. I'm not big on that. But a lot of people are because that's what they remember college football in its heyday to be. Um, I don't. I really. I actually like Auburn's uniforms oh, when they you. get the traditional blue and orange. Yeah. And you, I could see you with the Bears too. But that that I just think of Bo Jackson, and I think Bo Jackson at Auburn, and I think that was an awesome time to watch Auburn college football. I think Somebody, identifying with like one player, I love. I guess it's maroon and orange and white. The Michael Vick Virginia Tech. Oh. Yeah, like I, I like those. It looks like fall. Yeah, I don't like those a lot. <laughs> it looks What's like fall. fall? What's I think with Halloween. Fall? Yeah. Fall's the best time of 1448, year. One four four eight. Please stop saying jerseys, Branham. They're uniforms. Is that a thing? It's not a thing. Is that a thing? No, we should. Are they being nitpicky? Like, is that a thing for real? Like, is that a thing? I don't really know. Like in soccer, it's a I mean, kit, I, right? It, it, or in in hockey, it's jerseys. A sweater. I just googled football jerseys and they all popped up. Yeah, it's it's just. Jersey. It depends on what you're talking about. Like 
if you're talking about just pure jersey, Notre Dame is boring. If you're talking about the full uniform with the golden dome, like the pants and stuff, it's it's a, it puts them on a different level. Yeah, okay, I, I could see that. So I, I guess see it depends on what angle of the conversation. You're coming I could I with. could see that. I could see that a little bit. Um, let's see here. Eight one seven seven. There is a whole great video of how terrible Tennessee's orange is. Is that throw up orange? <laughs> looks like a garbage truck worker convention. Hey, I can't what? believe you like that orange. Suck it. Doesn't it also have like the Purina end zone too with the checkerboard? I, 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 think I do that's like the awesome. checkers. I do like the checkers. I, don't know. I love I do. Tennessee orange. The checkerboard is pretty cool. Tennessee I do like Tennessee orange better than Texas orange. Well, it's burnt. I mean, if you burn, I mean, if you burn a it's color burnt. though, how good is it? It's brown. If you're burning a color, it tells you that the color is not very good. It's brown. One seven zero six. Okay, three college football unis: Florida State, fine, Michigan. Oh. And you said I'm going to throw in U of H. That a boy way to throw that in there. Michigan was fine. I hate the Jumpman logo on it. I don't know why? why. It just annoys me. Because it's not a football jersey? Yeah, but... Our uniform? Derek Jeter was Jumpman baseball. That's true. I, I don't think the Mookie Jordan is. logo belongs on other things besides <laughs> basketball. Omega Man and Humble, I absolutely love that U of H stepped up for the city to do something That's that awesome. the Texans can't legally do, and Tennessee can't do a thing about That's it. That's what's even better. <laughs> Sergio says Oregon has the best uniforms. Which one? They have like yes, a million say, different that, combinations. When you were saying that, that was the first thing I was going to say. You can't just say, I love the Oregon home or road jersey, because they have a different uniform and combination every week. You know what I love? I love that college football is back. Hell it's yeah. Awesome. It's so great that college football is back. 713-780-ESPN. What are your favorite college uniforms? Not Don't say jerseys. College uniforms. I've always said that. Never call it a jersey. It is a uniform in football. Uh, Willa Bits, which today we're going to review these uh, these pimento. What do we call them again? Pimento. Honey pepper pimento sandwiches from Chick-fil-A. Did you finish yours? Yeah. You eat fast. Yeah, you Did don't. you finish yours? I'm almost done. I'm halfway through mine. Uh, our reviews of the, the new pimento Chick-fil-A. It's the Killer Bee. On ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about people at my bookie again. Look, I've been telling you about my bookie for quite a while. I'm telling you about them because I believe in them, because I use them, because I know them, and because I know that you're not going to get screwed over or shorted money or not going to get payouts when you win when you go to mybookie.ag. They've been in business for over a decade. It's like the, the fact of the matter is you want to go with a place with your money that you feel secure. It's like taking it to the bank. And, of course, you want to cash in, but you want to know that while your money's in your account, it ain't going anywhere. If you need it, you can get to it. And if you use it and you win, you're going to have opportunities to cash out or to continue to play. You're not going to feel pressured like you have to keep it in and can't get it when you may need it. It's the thrill of thrill of betting and winning. It's all exciting, and it's made more exciting by the fact you have nothing to worry about in terms of the safe and secure ways that you can place bets and know that everything is good to go when you go to my bookie. They also have now the early cash out. You can cash out. You can let it ride. You decide. It's all on you. You can settle bets without waiting for the games to finish. Control when you get paid. Two out of the four legs of your parlay already hit. Cash out early. Use the funds for another bet or let it ride for a chance to score a huge payday. There's the money bag. It's like a slot machine for sports odds. The slot machine spits out epic odds on props, parlays, and futures. You can cash in. Sports contests as well, but the new and improved MyBookie Casino is what people are looking at now. Even when there aren't games to be played, the lights never go out, the action never sleeps, and you don't have to stop unless you want to. 500-plus new games added to the website, including brand-new live tables, new slots with progressive jackpots, and live dealers standing by. Check them out today. Use that promo code I always tell you to use. It's BET975. Whether you're a new player playing for the first time at MyBookie and setting up an account, or you're doing a reload, there's bonuses when you use the promo code BET975. It's like I always tell you, bet anything, anytime, anywhere, with the only place to tell you to do it. It's MyBookie.ag. Use that promo code BET975.
ESPN. Hair.com. It is a Thursday night, and on a Thursday, on a Monday, a Tuesday, Wednesday, it doesn't matter. You know that I'm drinking a little gentle Ben. I like a good drink at the end of the day. I like it at night especially. Vodka, gin, bourbon, all part of that rotation for me, and gentle Ben Spirits does it better than anybody else. How, you ask? Well, they're revolutionary Perseido technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits that you'll ever taste. Purification of gentle Ben is unrivaled. You'll love what's not in it. Try a sip of Gentle Ben Vodka, gin, straight bourbon, or cast-strength bourbon. Compare it to whatever you drink, and you will never go back. I've been a Gentle Ben man ever since I had that first sip. You get all the flavor, none of the burn. It's so smooth. It's so clean. Eliminates the burn. Enjoy your drink. Don't work through your drink. Look for Gentle Ben at the liquor store on your way home today. Ask for it at your favorite restaurant or bar, or just head to the Gentle Ben tasting room. If you're headed to an Astros game soon, stop by the Gentle Ben bar right when you walk in the Union Station entrance. Head over to GentleBen.com to learn more about your new favorite and search where you can find Gentle Ben. Gentle Ben, the secret ingredient is what's not in it. It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. No uh, no Astros today. Astros are off every Thursday for the rest of the regular season. Uh, what are you going to watch tonight since you, we don't have Astros baseball? I'm going to watch boxes, and I'm going to watch storage. Boxing? Things. Boxes. That sounds fun. I'm packing. Movers yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. It'll be a long weekend. Cool. Better you than me. <laughs> I hate moving with a passion more than just about anything else in life. I think I would have moved already if I didn't hate moving, honestly. I cannot stand moving hate it either. And because we've had to push it back once already, you kind of set yourself up for how bad and excruciating it's going to be, and then it gets delayed, and then you gotta you dread it even more. Yeah, yeah we're exactly. moving in a month. Haven't started packing yet. Probably should. Better y'all than me. I'll mm. be watching some Utah-Florida college football. We got a Hell top yeah. 25 matchup. We got 14th-ranked Utah hosting Florida from the SEC. Cannot wait to sit down and watch this football game. From Salt Lake, Utah, of course, members of the new Big 12, so you know where my allegiance lies. Utah's favored by six points in this game. Utah's always points. Been, they're always sneaky good. There's a lot. I bet you. I bet you the public money. I haven't seen this seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. If you have, I bet you the public money's on Florida. I, I could see that because of the SEC love. But I just remember like them every year when they get to the Rose Bowl or or every, every year they're like everybody sleeps on Utah and all the way back to the Urban Meyer days. Utah's just always sneaky good, and, and they get a lot of kids from the West Coast. They get a lot of kids from Hawaii, and, and they got. Players that play with a lot of heart. I always like watching Utah play football. Yeah, I like Kyle Whittingham a lot. I think he's a really good, good really good ball coach. Remember last year that these two teams played, a star was born. A star was born last year when Utah and Florida played a little football. That was Anthony Richardson Anthony with Richardson. the highlight, the one highlight play in the scramble that made him uh, a national story. In yeah, that's Which right. Which is so weird though. It's like we don't know if Utah's quarterback is playing. And they're still favored by six. I think it, he's still Cam Reisner is, is doubtful. He's doubtful, like and they're still favored by six? Yeah. What does that say about Florida right now? Well, who's the, who's the Florida quarterback? That Mertz kid? They don't really... Yeah, he uh, stinks. He yeah. stunk at Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh, Not Graham good. Mertz, RX guy? He's yeah. the starting quarterback Oh, Florida. bet Utah. <laughs> I think that's why it's a six-point spread. Oh, he sucks. <laughs> yeah, he's the starting quarterback at uh, Florida this year. But it's, it's I mean, you got a real football matchup. you got a top 25 Utah, and you got an SEC school on the road. That's, that's a, a great, road dog. It's a great start. Like Great we, start. He was a five-star coming out of high school, Mertz. Really? Yeah, it was the first five-star Wisconsin ever got. No, and Mertz. he has absolutely been god-awful. Yeah, well, he's the he's the Gator quarterback. Uh, Lamont says that his favorite his favorite jersey, because it's basketball, 
Uh, he says that he loved the Michigan Fab Five because they ushered in the baggy fit instead of those shorts that give men yeast infections. I mean, that, that team was like a, a vibe, right? I mean, that, that, that Fab Five were doing things their own way. The baggy shorts, the black socks, like, that team had swag. Oh. And college basketball wasn't ready for it. No, frankly. for sure. And, and, you know, that was what kind of also got us to the point now with NIL where these guys and their jerseys and their look and their fit – was blowing out of every store across the country, and these guys didn't have enough money to buy a pizza. <laughs> yeah, that was a shame. Uh, some other textures, the Aggie away unis are classic. I like the Aggie uniforms. I don't really love uh, maroon, but I think their uniforms are the classic kind of. I like it. Uh, Graham says the Indiana home jerseys with the IU helmets. Bad football, but can still look good. I, I don't think the Indiana football uniforms have ever moved the needle for me. Me either. I mean, Indiana basketball with their warm-ups with the, the I used yeah. to call them the Ronald McDonald cool. pants. With the striped pants, that that would kind of register with me, and the tradition of back to the Bobby Knight days that those kind of always the same way uniforms. I, I just think a lot of schools go too gimmicky now. Like when Maryland did that logo with like all the different logos combined into one, with the checkerboard and the turtle and the red and the yellow, and it gets too busy and too much. And I know that like the 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 athletic apparel companies are fighting for who can be more creative, but it doesn't establish anything for you to have. Like to be attracted to it and say, I really love that. Yeah, they're 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 busy. They're busy. Three 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 eight says the line has gone from four and a half to six and a half. I th- I thought that it moved because I saw it at four and a half earlier today, and now ESPN shows it at six. But that doesn't always mean the public money's on that. But it does make the line move. So I'm kind of curious about that now. All right, now it's time for the Wheel of Bits. It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Did S2D2 say anything? No. No, he got fired today. He's done? Just Man, first. Are you interviewing other robots? Man, no, this, eating, so this time know. slot axes a lot of people. We got to watch out. <laughs> oh, I mean, S2D2 wow, is the fair. latest. <laughs> Don't put this on me. Wow. S2D2 is the latest head to roll. Man, yeah. I, I wonder what's our over under for Blankers and I to survive this time slot? 713 780 well, that over to late hits? At this rate, I'm hoping for like 24 months. I'll see what kind of house I get. 18 oh. months. Over under 18 We're months. We're on Bad Take Boulevard, or are you getting another one? <laughs> you can have a beach house, too? Over under 18 months. So S2D2 has like been fired. Over. So we're going to review these uh, honey pepper pimento sandwiches from yeah. Chick-fil-A. The brand new. I love pimento. I love Chick-fil-A. What would you think, Blankers? I, I love Chick-fil-A. So I love the chicken sandwich there no matter what. And I'm not a big pimento cheese person. I think the sandwich is great when, without any of it. It was fine with it. But it didn't move the needle for me enough to say, if I go to Chick-fil-A, I'm going to get one of those sandwiches because I like the spicy and the regular original uh, Chick-fil-A sandwiches and the nuggets. So, I, I, I mean, it's good, but I'm not big on it. Um, what do you think, Joe? I need more of the peppers, more of the jalapenos on there. Mm-hmm. Could do with more of that. I see why they went, your buddy said extra pimento. Yeah. So- it's good. I think I, would, I think I would like it more if I went with the grilled chicken. Do you? I could see that. Yeah. I can see that. I, I, honestly, I might try it again with the grilled chicken. I honestly don't think that the flavors pair. I, I honestly think that. Because I, I love pimento. I love, obviously, I love Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the Chick-fil-A sandwich pairs all that well with the pimento cheese. Like I, I think it's contrasting yeah. flavors that don't really mesh Because well. they've mastered the, the art of the, the breading and the cru- and the right you know crispiness and everything in the way they bread their sandwich. That I think that the pimento kind of can soggy it 
a little bit too. So I agree with that. I don't understand how the first time we did this, I ate tuna out of a vending machine, and yeah. it's the first time you guys get to do it, you eat Chick-fil-A. Oh, I mean, Whose well, idea was this? Well, we're also talent, and talent's not yeah. going to eat tuna salad from a vending machine. Producers, they Fair. might. They will. I mean, If you miss tomorrow. I tell you guys, they sell it at CVS. Sell what? The canned tuna I mean, that I'm we I'm pretty had. sure that they sell it at grocery stores, no, too. But, no, but it's at CVS, like the one that was in the vending machine. Oh, I think really? they also sell it at there, auto, there auto repair shop. There was a chicken salad one, too. Really? I almost bought it Ugh. to try it on the air, but I just can't. Yeah, I don't think pimento does, should be on chicken. I, I don't think it. I, I don't think it's a great pairing. It was good. It was good, but I'm probably getting a regular Chick Fil A sandwich, and I rather I have I think a regular be on pimento a sandwich. Uh, pimento cheese sandwiches are good. I don't like them at all. Uh, pimento cheese sandwiches are good. I, I don't think that this pairs well. Now, one thing that I did learn is that we do need more jalapenos on Chick Fil A sandwiches. Because yeah, that was like, pretty good. If you give me jalapeno on Chick Fil A sandwich, I, I, I think I, I think I just I'm going to order that way now. Did they have pickles on it, or is that just all jalapeno? They're all jalapeno. No, the sandwich is custom with the jalapeno. Okay. This, yeah. but I'm going to start changing my Chick Fil A sandwich order to get jalapenos. Yep. Yeah. Jalapeno belongs on a Chick Fil A sandwich. Pimento cheese, not so much. All right, it's going to do it for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the uh, some of the work. For Blank, I'm Branham. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. Late hits and Patrick Creighton next on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 97.5.